Okay, open your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 8 and also Joshua chapter 6. We'll also briefly touch on Genesis chapter 50, verse 19 and 20 as well. So again, just to repeat, Romans chapter 8, Joshua chapter 6, <clears throat> and Genesis chapter 50. So for those who are new, I'm a young uh, preacher, pastor, dude. Uh, who just got to Flagstaff not too long ago, seven years ago, me and my wonderful wife. We started with just the two of us. And now the Lord has brought over several hundred people to be a part of our church. Uh, God has released us to be senior pastors, and we're in our new location, uh, and God is blessing us tremendously. Every week, we have hundreds of people streaming online, inmates streaming online, and we're just so uh, excited about what God is going to do next. I work with the governor uh, to help reduce recidivism in our state. I speak to prisons on a regular basis, and we have seen over 300 inmates give their life to the Lord uh, in just a short amount of time. And so this has been an incredible beginning. There's more to come. And I'm super excited that you're a part of it. Uh, I was born in Maine. I grew up a little bit in Dallas, Texas with Pastor Joel. Uh, he was my youth pastor, and I'll tell another story about him here in a little bit. Uh, uh, funny one. And then I moved to Arizona to go to college at GCU. Go Lopes, right? Uh, I went to GCU, and I also got my degree uh, in theology and education uh, and then I moved to Havasu to plant a church with my father. When I planted a church with my father, oh uh, man, it was wonderful and difficult all together. And have anybody ever worked with family? All right, dad, wherever you're streaming right now, I love you. Uh, but man, it was, it was tough. You know, we planted and plowed for five years and, and worked down there, set up and tear down church all the time. I was the drummer. I was the youth pastor. I was the children's pastor. I was also the leadership pastor. I was the associate pastor. <laughs> My dad said, here's all of your job description right here. And that's what I did uh, for five years. And I got here. When we got here, we planted a church and amazing and wonderful people begin to join and be a part. And it's been an incredible journey, and we're so thankful. And God has spoken this message in me that I really want to share with you. And I believe, just like Pastor Joel mentioned this morning, this is a year where God is going to birth something great, something incredible. And I believe this is a part of it. I believe this is a big piece of it. This is going to cast some great vision for you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 37, it says, Yet in all these things we are more... Than conquer. Come on, we are more. We're more than conquerors. You know what a lot of people focus on? Conquerors. But you know what anybody can do? Destroy. But you know what it takes real skill to do? Build. God doesn't just want you to destroy something, He wants you to create something. That is the difference between you and every other living thing on this planet is that you have the ability to speak life and death. You have the ability of the creator inside you to watch and change the atmosphere before you because you're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. You're more than just somebody who can break something down than just cut somebody down. How many are really sharp-witted out there? Who's my sharp-witted people? I was one of those people. Man, I could, I could cut somebody down, and I was so sharp with my, because I was five feet tall. I talked good trash. So I had, in high school, I had to be really good at talking trash. You know, I get to, Pastor Joel was mentioning that this morning, and I had to talk trash to break them down. 
I had to get them where I needed to. But let me just tell you, God's doing more in you than just how to cut people down, how to bring discouragement. God wants you to help speak life. God wants to help you get to a place where you're more than a conqueror. You're going to see promises fulfilled in your life. You're going to start seeing the promises of God fulfilled in your life. You're going to start walking in the promised land that God has called you and the anointing and the favor that God has called you. And that's, that's the key. I want you to focus on that. Remember, why are we starting? Because we want to see the promises of God fulfilled in our life. So now I know why I'm not going to quit. Because I want to see his word fulfilled. Not mine. Not my truth. His truth. Not my, not my promise. God's promise. I want to see this. But let me, first, before we get too far, let me start off by talking about what we're not talking about. You may hear barriers and bridges, and you automatically went to political. Let me tell you. This has nothing to do with the political mess that a lot of our country is in right now. I am not talking about a wall, and I want this to remain quiet. No clapping or applauding, but I am not talking about for a wall against a wall. Let me just tell you, it has nothing to do with that. This barrier that we're talking about is the enemy. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against spirits and principalities and a darkness that is not of this world. And you have to understand that our battle isn't against each other. And again, not political. We have to focus on what the kingdom is calling us to do. And so, what am I not talking about? <laughs> Anything that direction. If your mind starts to go that way, know that that is straight up the enemy. And you just cast that thought out. Okay? What else am I not talking about? When I, you hear barriers, we're not talking about boundaries. So this water right here is able to be contained by what? A simple bottle, right? We have a bottle. And because it's in its boundaries, there's potential. There's purpose. This can give life. If I pour it out on the ground, right, that's not going to help anybody. And now it's just created a mess. I know all you clean OCD people out there are like, oh, uh, uh, don't freak out. Take a deep breath. But this water has potential in its purpose because of healthy boundaries. You need healthy boundaries. Somebody with in-laws said amen. Um, no, I'm kidding. You, you have to have healthy boundaries with family. You have to have healthy boundaries in your life. Gravity is a boundary, friend, for you until you get older. Bo gravity is, is a, we have all these boundaries that are healthy for us. Now, there are funny boundaries, you know, like I, I encourage you, don't ever, this is a good boundary that I, I didn't learn the easy way, but don't pick a fight with a four-time world champion fighter. Uh, Pastor Joel one time, uh, he, we were messing with each other, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not a fighter. I am definitely not a fighter. I want everybody to hear that right now. I would lose. And so I, but I love, I, have, I grew up with three brothers, and both of them are huge, 6'5", 220 pounds. So as a little guy, I learned my tactic. It is hit and run. And so I would talk as much trash as possible. And then I would slap and then take off, right? With Pastor Joel, we were messing around with each other. And then I waited till he had a table in his hands. And I snuck up behind him. <laughs> I don't hit me right now thinking about it. And I snuck up behind him and boom, right? I mean, I just leveled him. You, how many know what happened later? We were, in a, we were in a confined area where I could not get away. And I was in a pretzel begging for mercy uh, shortly after that. So, again, what are we not talking? 
boundaries. Boundaries are healthy. What I am talking about, what I do want to point out to you and just simply begin the process, and I'm going to show you over the next weeks on the steps you need to take in order to overcome barriers. I'm talking about this lid right here. I believe that God, what God wants to do is just release the potential that the enemy tried to say, no, you can't do anything. No, your family's not wealthy enough. No, you're not good enough. No, you don't have enough intelligence. No, you're not the right person. No, you don't look good enough. No, you don't have enough. When the enemy and the world and other people try to just say, no, 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 you stay right here. You don't need to do any better. You don't need to go any further. And the enemy and the world just try to do this to you and put that on. I believe tonight God is going to start twisting off the cap and start releasing somebody's potential for you. Start releasing your ability to see what you can be. Some of you have said, well, I've arrived. Let me tell you, I don't care what age you're at. The best years of your life are ahead of you. It's only the glass ceiling that the enemy has put over you to think you have arrived. You have not arrived. God has something much greater for you. And whatever the enemy thought he could do to you, he's about to learn a hard lesson. Look with me in Genesis chapter 50, verse 19. This is the end of Joseph's life. And he says this. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. He's talking to his family. I am in the place of God. You intended to harm me. He's talking about all the journey of his life. His brothers tried to kill him, throw him in a pit, sell him as a slave. He was thrown into prison later. But God intended for good to accomplish what is being done. The saving of many lives. So then, do not be afraid. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. That's a good father. That's a good brother. That's good family. To say, okay, hey, what the enemy meant for your good, what meant for your destruction, God is going to turn for your good. What the enemy tried to say, hey, this is as far as you go in life, God's going to say, watch, the best is yet to come. Where the enemy said, hey, Paul and Silas, I'm going to lock you in prison, and you ain't going anywhere. God said, watch this. I'm going to shake all those walls down. The chains are going to come off, and I'm not only going to release si Paul and Silas, but I'm going to save the jailer and everybody in the jail, and I'm going to transform people for the next 2,000 years by the message that's being done through them. God's best is ahead of you. And God wants to help you fulfill the promises of your life. And whatever the enemy's done to you in your past cannot hold you. God will use it for your good. When I was nine years old, I got in a car accident. And I was sliding. Some of you know this story. And I, I was sliding down a driveway in Maine. Remember, I was born in Maine. Sliding down a driveway. I was only 11 years old. Uh, as I was going down this road. Oh, sorry, I was nine. Nine years old. Because I blew my finger off when I was seven, and, I, and I, I got in the car accident when I was nine, and then something else in 11. My poor parents. Somebody pray for my parents right now. Lord, in Jesus' name. I, when I was nine years old, I was sliding down the driveway in a snowy day. When I got to the end of the driveway, the parents weren't supposed to be there. Just a few kids hanging out. And so we got to the end of this windy driveway, and we were on those round metal saucer sleds. <laughs> Dangerous. And with no rope. No, there was no handle. I was just holding on for dear life as a little, small, nine-year-old child, winding around, and then I hit a bumper of a car. When I hit the bumper of the car, I knocked a piece of my trachea out about that big, 
And so then, if you know anything about the medical field, I'm looking at a few of our medical professions who've seen some terrible accidents. What that happened, when that happened, I couldn't breathe. I could breathe in, but I couldn't breathe out. So my chest started to swell. My neck started to swell out the width of my shoulders. And so as it started to do that, I, I, I mean, I, I was going to pop. My mom said it looked like bubble wrap. It was bad. And then there happened to be, right, there happened to be a paramedic at our friend's house, an uncle that was just dropping by for the day. And so he came out, did an emergency tracheotomy, got me to the hospital. I barely could breathe, barely made it. When I got to the hospital, they operated on me. They put a trach in my throat. The doctor came to my father. It was a few days later. He says, hey, Mr. Merrill, your son will never speak on his own again. He has a slight chance he may breathe on his own again. But that's, that's what's going to happen. My dad said, hey, with a smile, I remember. He said, thank you very much. He called his other pastors and elders. They came. They prayed all night long. My dad fell asleep praying for me. I woke up the next morning because as a nine-year-old, you fall asleep in the first few minutes of a prayer time. And so I woke up. I don't remember anything else. And when I woke up, I, I remember just sitting up. And when I sat up, the box that was in my throat was now on my lap. And so, I, I mean, I've been sitting up multiple times. So I, I, I just looked down. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess it's supposed to just fall out. <laughs> And then first nurse comes in because the alarms are going off. My dad woke up. He's asking me if I'm okay. The nurse asked me, are you okay? Can you breathe? And I said, yes, I'm totally fine. First time I've ever spoken with my voice in the first, last three days. And, she, and then the second nurse, I remember her as the evil nurse. She came in with a needle, and she was like, <gasps> boom, stabs me in the leg, puts me out to sleep, and I don't remember the rest. My father told me, uh, they rushed me to the emergency room. They cut my throat open again, which I wouldn't have a scar if they didn't. But I like my scar. It reminds me. They cut my throat up again, and the piece that I was missing, I was no longer missing. And I was totally healed. You can, I have the article. Oh, sorry. My mother has the article uh, of Miracle Family. Uh, of what God did for me. Look, what the enemy said, I'm going to stop him here. You're not going any further. No, I'm going to see abuse come in your life. No, I'm going to see destruction come in your life. No, I'm going to use this against you. God says, wait, wait, that test is about to come a testimony because the evil that you meant for their good, God is going to use. God is going to use that mess for a miracle and God is going to turn it around for you. And I believe tonight that this something that's going to be released where somebody has felt like I can't go in any further I can't give any more and guess what when the lids on top not only can you not give but you cannot receive when the enemy's got a lid over your life you're gonna have that stale stagnant water you've had for the last 20 years of your life I believe somebody in here who's been living for the Lord for a long time and you haven't had a fresh outpouring of Jesus in your life you're about to take the limits off and God is gonna say time to fill you back up and refresh you God is going to stir something up in you. God is going to pour in as much as you pour out. He's going to pour back in. And pretty soon you're going to be that vessel like the prophet talks about clay in the potter's hand. And you're going to become what God created you to be. Let me show you one last story. Look with me in Joshua chapter 20. This is the end of the story, which technically is the beginning of this series that I want to teach. So I'm going to give you uh, the end to really begin this correctly. I want to teach you how to break barriers. The moment I preached this a few years ago, it was two years or something like that ago, the moment this came to me, 
is the moment I, when I preached it, Pastor Joel, the moment I spoke it, all of a sudden, the next week, the chief wanted to meet with me. The governor wanted to meet with me. All of a sudden, God started doing, it was like, wait, what? Uh, it was a little, just a few months later. Then all of a sudden, Pastor Mel says, hey, let's sit down. I've got a whole church building. You want it? Let's do this together. I mean, it was one thing after another. Some of you who were here in that summertime where it felt like every Sunday, all I was doing was just giving praise reports. I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but Jesus is doing something incredible. And we just continue to speak. Let me just tell you, the reason it is is because we're speaking the promises and the word of God. And when you activate this word of God in your life, it's amazing. It'll transform everything around you. But I want to start here, and then the next week, so I'm going to give you the steps on how to see this happen. Right here, this is the end where after Joshua was called by God to lead the people of Israel to conquer Jericho. He was called to conquer Jericho and overcome Jericho. And he says, okay, this is how you're going to do it. Chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. Leads them all the way. They get to Jericho, and Jericho is huge. The walls average 21 feet high with the towers usually about 23 feet high. The walls about 13 feet thick and, uh, and they are totally surrounded. And not only are those walls that big, but there's two sets of those walls. This is a huge fortified city. Ain't nothing going to happen. God said, just march around the city. Just march around the city. And he kept saying it. He kept saying, hey, just walk around the city. 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 Go ahead and just walk around the city. I'm going to say it one more time for somebody in here. Just walk around the city. <laughs> it, it got pretty redundant. And the Lord said, just keep walking. The battle is mine. The victory is yours. And he tells him, keep quiet. And on the last time, you're going to let a loud shout and the trumpets. And, man, the walls are going to come down, and you're going to walk straight in. Right here in verse 20, it says, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. Okay, let me, I know that's, I, I, some of y'all are feeling it, and some of you have heard it, know where I'm going. Let me tell you. Let me tell you right now. This perplexed me. Anybody ever done demo work? Where's my guy? Where, where's our demo work here, people in here? Anybody ever demoed something? We talked about we're more than conquerors, just destroying something. I've done some demo work in my days. If you demo a building, Pastor Joel, what happens? You got a ton of rubble. You got a huge pot. Think about those walls. Massive walls. What are you gonna do? You're gonna be crawling over. Okay. No, wait, wait, people of Jericho. Don't shoot at us yet. Don't fire any arrows. We gotta crawl over everything. And I'm like, God, this is, this is inaccurate. This is wrong. I was like, maybe there's a typo in here. What's going on? And I said, this, this can't be. Because he says it a few times in chapter 6. He says, do this, and you'll walk straight in. Do this, the walls will collapse, you'll walk straight in. Do this, the walls will collapse, and you'll walk straight in. And I was like, this is impossible. Well, then I did a little further study. And what God showed me is this. What happened is most archaeologists know about the walls. But what they've discovered now is around Jericho happened to be a 9-foot-wide, 11-foot-deep moat. I'm not a mathematician, but I had someone else do the math for me. Those walls would fit right in. 
the mo- look at, I want you to see this. The very thing that separated them from the promise that God said, go take that city. The very thing, that wall that stood before them and said, no, you can't go any further. That very thing that intimidates you and causes fear in your life and insecurity in your life and says, no, no, your family's not going to do better than this. You've seen divorce and divorce and divorce every year and every marriage of your life. You've always had problems. Come on, this is time where God says that very thing that stopped you from entering into the promised land is now going to submit itself to you and that barrier will soon become a bridge before you. That wall that God has said, go take that wall. That wall's not too big. will soon become a walkway for you. Those stones will become steps. You're going to start seeing this because God's going to take the very thing that, oh man, I can't, I can't go any further. I can't do this. I, I, can't, I, can't, I don't know how. God's going to say, okay, let's do this together. Let me fight the battle and let you get the victory because I want to help you break barriers in your life. As the band comes and we're preparing to close, I, I really want you to be here the rest of these weeks because each week I'm going to teach you one step at a time how to get to the place in your life where you see the wall that stopped you And you get prepared in your heart with your calling. You get prepared in your heart by being consecrated. You get prepared in your heart by having courageousness. You get prepared in your heart by being connected. And you start getting the right steps in your life to where when you do see that wall standing in front of you, you can say, no, 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 no. Because how many times in your life have you heard, oh, that's just all, it's, it's always been that way. Oh, this is just the way it is. Oh, that's just how our family is. We're just loud, which is another word for mean and, <laughs> and argumentative. Uh, right? I'm, 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 I'm confessing here. I'm a part of a loud family. <laughs> we, you, can't, you can't just continue to say, Pastor. Yeah. You're, you can't just get, hey, well, you know, this is just the way we've always been. This is the way it's all. You know, Flagstaff's always been poverty with a view. We've always had a problem in our economy. We've always had a problem with our housing. We've never really had a breakthrough in our city like that. No, we've never seen a church above 1,500. No, we've never really seen breakthrough like this. Come on, when the enemy starts saying, no, you can't go any further, it's just another opportunity for God. When through your worship, God can say that very thing is about to come down. No wall, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's when the kingdom of God shines its brightest because the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. That's when miracles happen, signs and wonders. There's too many people out there living a powerless, impotent brand of Christianity because they they haven't seen a miracle themselves. So, man, I've never seen one, so they don't exist. What? You serve the living God. You don't serve a God who changed. You don't serve a God who is different today than he was yesterday. You serve a God that's the same today and tomorrow and forever. A God who's faithful for you. A God who fights for you. A God who goes before you. And just like Jesus, when the enemy said, oh, I've got him. I'm going to crucify him. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to put him in a grave. And it's going to be over The father's looking down from heaven and saying, no, 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 no. The best is yet to come. 
The very stone that you think is what's going to hold the Savior of this world back is going to be the very thing that shatters before everybody. We're going to tear the veil, and we're going to watch the greatest miracle that anyone could have ever seen take place because the very barrier soon became a bridge. And that's why the Bible calls him our great cornerstone because that's the final piece in a bridge. How do we make this work? By putting Jesus right in the center and saying the reason we can find victory, the reason we can be more than conquerors, the reason we can see those walls come down in our life, those insecurities. I pray somebody who's battling depression and thoughts of suicide right now, that has to go because that very thing that's standing in front of you, intimidating you, telling you're not good enough, telling you you need to give up, telling your life is worthless. I've been there. I've been there all through my life. I was picked on for my scars and my size. And I got to a place where we weren't having kids and life wasn't all functioning the way I thought it should. And I thought, God, I'm not, I'm worthless. I'm not even a man. I don't belong here. And I tried to take my own life. I'm telling you, the very thing that the enemy tries to put in front of you and say you're not good enough is the very thing that God says, stand behind me and let me take care of that. Let me step in the gap for you. Let me become your cornerstone. Let me become your king. Let me become the prince of peace in your life, the way maker. Where there was no way, God starts making a way. I don't know if you've ever been there. I feel like I'm preaching the choir. I think I am of people who've actually been in a place in your life where you don't know how to get through it. But all of a sudden, because God shows up, because worship came through you, God all of a sudden, look, we need to stop complaining and whining about what the world is going through, and we need to start worshiping the one who holds the world that we're in and start saying, okay, God, I, I know it seems like a dark mess. I know it seems like some of these things are so impossible. You ever thought that before? How can I help? How can we make a difference by calling on the one who has all the answers? By saying, okay, God, I'm going to march around these walls as much as I need to. No, I'm not giving up. No, I'm not giving up. And as the band just even begins to sing, I just want this to settle in your spirit and let the Lord speak to you that, hey, look, this isn't done. This isn't done. We're going to continue to march around these walls. We're going to continue to stand in front of them and say, no, 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 you can't intimidate me. You can't stop me. You can't tell me I'm not good enough. You can't tell me I can't do this. God said, I'm more than a conqueror. God says, I've got more in me. I've got more in store. God's got more in store for Flagstaff. You think, you think God wants to stop at good? Or hey, you guys are doing good. God wants to win the whole city. I, I, I want to end with, I can't keep going, but let me just tell you, I need to dispense with a, a wrong theology and doctrine. You ever heard that story? The 99 lambs and one went wandering and he'll leave the 99 to go get the one. He had 99. He went to go get the one. Why? Because he wanted 100%. What did Jesus say when he showed up? He said, I wish that none should perish. I came to save all that were lost. He didn't come to just say, hey, you're good, so who cares about the rest? 
God said, look, I didn't come for just an okay amount or some amount or most people or all white people or all brown people or all mostly good people or all just bad people. God came. He said, I want to help everybody because every single person is my creation, my son and my daughter. And we ought to have that same desire and passion in our life to say, no, I'm not just stopping at the wall of convenience and comfort. I am smashing through this wall and I'm going to watch it submit itself to me. I don't have to hold back. I don't have to be reserved. And I don't have to be apologetic and politically correct. I need to be standing on the rock, the truth of God, and obey what He tells me to do. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you right now. God, as you're stirring in the minds and the hearts and the souls of everyone in here, God, Lord, I pray that you would minister, that you would move, you would identify the walls that stand before us, the barriers that try to stop us, and Lord, you would start showing them that those walls are coming down. Those barriers cannot stand any longer. Those relationship barriers, those things that have separated you from a career, those things that have separated you from your potential and your promises, the word of God over your life cannot hold you anymore. And somebody's going to begin to worship here tonight. Somebody's going to begin to praise God. Somebody's going to stand and start singing. Somebody's going to be able to say, okay, God, I want you to move in my life. Okay, God, I want you to stir in my heart. Okay, God, I want you to go for it. God, I'm releasing you. Go before me. No, I'm not going to fight my battle. You're going to fight my battle. And I'm going to follow you. And I'm going to follow in the wake of your victory. Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on, covenant. Come on, covenant. Come on, men and women. Pastor Joel even 
spoke to you at the beginning of the service after worship. He was saying, you got to forgive. you got to let go. Maybe it was somebody who took advantage of you. Maybe it was somebody who harmed you. I want you to close your eyes and bow your head right now. This is an opportunity for you to say, okay, God, I need healing. Okay, God, I need a miracle. I, I need that wall to come down. I need to forgive. I need to let go. When you let go, you can let God do his thing. But when you hold on to it, it's still yours. You gotta surrender it, and through that fresh surrender, you're gonna watch a fresh anointing fall on your life. You're gonna watch a fresh anointing fall on your life. I want you to just begin to pray, and just begin to intercede. Come on, men and women. I want you to just worship, because we're gonna cast some vision right now. As this church continues to expand, and the ministry continues to grow, we're gonna launch eight locations in the next 10 years. We're gonna see 20,000 people give their life to the Lord and be a part of this ministry. And Lord, we thank you that we're called to reach our state. We're called to expand into the nations. We're called to expand around the world. God, this year we're going to see over 200 churches planted in our missions in Nepal. God, Lord, we're going to continue to see the expanding, God, Lord, of the Mexico missions. And Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, that you're going to continue to develop. You're going to continue to give life. You're going to continue to make a way where there was no way. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that right now we're in two prisons doing ministry, seeing lives change. God, I pray we'd be in every major prison in the state of Arizona in the next 10 years, changing lives by the thousands. There's 14,000 men and women that are being released every year from the state prisons in our state. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that we're going to impact them. God, we're going to give them the message of Jesus Christ. God, we're going to show them hope. God, we're going to show them light. We're going to show them love. And we're going to watch their life transformed by the renewing of their mind, by the renewing of God's word in their life. And Lord, we thank you, God, that we get to be a part of it. In spite of our imperfections, we're not perfect. We don't have it all together. But God, you're going to use us because we said yes. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that we declare, God, Lord, that we're going to start standing on our covenant with you and start bridging the gap to our community. We're going to start bridging the gap, Lord, to our community. We're going to start bridge. We're going to stop trying to ask for what we can get and start just saying, hey, we're here to give. And we're going to start blessing our community like never before. We're going to start bridging the gap between the creator and creation. We're going to start bridging the gap between the world and the church. And, Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, that we're not here to cause another wall to be divided, a barrier to be built. God, we're here to build bridges, God, Lord, and encompass more people because we're all your children. We belong to you, Lord, and we thank you, God. We thank you that you're making a way. You're going to provide for it. God, Lord, I pray for Tucson. We're going to launch campuses in Tucson. Lord, we're going to launch a campus in Prescott. God, we're going to launch a campus, God, Lord, down in Phoenix. God, Lord, all over Phoenix. God, we're going to be, Lord, in Yuma. We're going to be, Lord, through the river cities, God, Lord. And I thank you, God, Lord, that you're going to deliver it. You're going to do it, not because we said it, but because your word says it. It's your promise. It's your spirit. And under the unction of the Holy Spirit, I pray provision, God, Lord, over every step. I pray provision, Lord, in Jesus' name, right now over the Oaks Church. Lord, I believe that this church, if you just stretch your hands towards Pastor Jen and Joel, Lord, I pray right now, God, Lord, for a building. Lord, a building that's totally taken care of. God, a property that's big enough for them to grow in. To use them mightily, God. And the word that you have begun to speak into, Pastor Joel, God, is only just the beginning. There's such a deep reservoir with more manna, more revelation, God, Lord, that's about to come forth. And, Lord, we thank you that you're going to use them in such a powerful way. And we make a covenant with them, God, standing in agreement, Lord, to see them succeed in promises, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, that you're going to fulfill them, Lord. In Jesus' name, you're going to fulfill that ministry.
change that area. And Lord, it's going to go beyond his imagination. It's going to go beyond their vision. It's going to go beyond their expectation. And it's going to exceed every thought they could ever have. Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.